All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. You might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 285 of the Real Life Podcast. Tyler Rumchuk, Wanye, Jay Chalmers here. we got a couple of guests coming up today on the podcast as well. Before we dig into that and dig into some Oilers talk, should let you know <laughs> our title sponsor, the HGA Group. It's the next generation of business services. The HGA Group was built to serve you better. They have many different chapters. You should go check them out on their website. Excited for this partnership. I have their website here, HGA. Oh, I guess they have a bunch of different websites for all their different services, but uh, HGACPA.com is the one I'm on. It's for their chartered professional accountants. Section. As, a bus- as a business owner, tighten your ship, tighten it up. HGA is here to make that happen. Oh, I thought you were telling HGA to tighten it up. They're in the business. They're the business of going yes. out there and tightening ship. Yes, exactly. They help us. Oh, big time. Big time. We, like I said, we're giving them the biggest project of all, the most important project in nation history. We've put it in our lives. Name. Our lives. <laughs> our lives. All right. Um, we're going to be joined by our friend Dusty Legrand from Mobilize coming up in about uh, 15 minutes time here. We're going to talk about some stuff he's got going on and about, and about our friend Ethan Bear as well. Uh, but before we dig into that, uh we haven't had a podcast since the Oilers were eliminated. Um, <laughs> we did talk. We, so we talked on Monday after they fell down three, nothing. 
For me, for me, once they got eliminated, I wasn't as like sad and upset as I was after they fell down three, nothing. Like when they went down three, nothing with that crushing loss, I was pissed off. I was just, I was broken. I was a broken man. They crushed my soul. Once they were eliminated, I was kind of just like, well, kind of knew that was coming. Like it was easier to swallow. You expected it. That's the problem. After two straight games of overtime losses, you know, I have to admit, I've kind of felt the same way. Although watching that game, you know, it was, it was the best they could have done to make me feel better about them losing because the last peer, like the whole game was good, Mm -hmm. but the, 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 the overtime periods were exactly the type of hockey we needed to play where we would get sustained control over the blue line. We'd work it around. We get some shots every single time they would break out and they would get it into our zone. They would lose the puck at the blue line or, at the ringette line, they weren't getting anything sustained. And, you know, your hope was there and you were thinking to yourself, I know this could still go the way of the Jets, but they're giving it everything they can right now. And at the end of it, because, you know, you had just, you had the vision of the last two games going, the minute they score, I got to admit, I wasn't, I was just like, okay, that sucks. No more hockey, but I wasn't, I was not as mad as when they lost game three. Yeah, it was just kind of like, you, I was at peace with it. I was like, okay, like they can't hurt me anymore. Yeah, if it would have been, if it would have, if they would have scored, uh, if the Jets would have scored five minutes into the overtime on a shitty goal, I would have had a totally different feeling. But after watching two and a third or two and a, a quarter periods of like really good overtime hockey, um, you know, yeah, I guess I could say I was at peace with it as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you couldn't have said it better, Chalmers. It was exactly that. Like it was, I was de- like, you, you could hear our voices on Monday, just deflated going into Game Four, uh, and definitely didn't feel the same pain. The thing that kind of drove me out, of course, I felt sad, is that you know, like that series easily could have been after four games, three one Oilers with how they played, and 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 that was a little bit frustrating. So, yeah. and especially those first two overtimes. Like we were, we were dominating. Like it was just annoying. We just couldn't score. So like, I, I, I guess I found solace in that being like, you know, we, we played way better than that record, but the thing that really fucking set off was that happens. And then I go and take to Twitter or look at Twitter, big mistake. And just like the hashtag free McDavid's and all that shit. And I was like, I was a little bit down and I let that kind of weigh on me before I went to bed. But then I woke up and I was like, fuck these guys. This is different. Like this actually just tells us, uh, you know, the team does their exit interviews. This just tells us that like, we weren't in a situation to like go all in for this season, given our draft capital and salary cap and whatnot, but just hearing how Connor's talking hearing how Holland's talking here, all the other players are talking. I just really feel now I'm coming out of this being like, Hey, this is their four-game sweep, just like Tampa Bay getting swept by Columbus. Now we know we all got glaring holes, and we've got the money and the draft picks to go out and solve this, and our fucking window is now open. You know, I've never really understood. You know, you went to Twitter right after, and I just – I would not. I wouldn't even oh. go on it in the, in the, until the I morning. I wish I um, But when I did go on, I will never quite understand the people that – 
are felt better by revisionist history. You know, talking about what we could have done at the deadline, talking about that Kulikov wasn't enough, talking about guys we should have tried. Look, yes and no, that's not going to change what happened. We, you know, and so to say that, like, that to, to, to make absolute statements like Ken Holland and Tippett aren't made for this and that oh they, they can't oh do it, you just go, oh oh man, God. I get it. It's reactionary, but like, Maybe these are the people that haven't learned the 24-hour rule, you know? If you ever have a really big decision and it's an emotional decision or you're feeling emotional about something that's happened, wait 24 hours before commenting to anybody about it because yeah. I think a lot changes, right? And, like, you know, it's, 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 it's just so reactionary to go to Twitter. And, and, I mean, obviously, with having Dusty Legrand on later, we're going to delve into a little bit of the, you know, the dark side of sports and, you know, the dark side of what, can happen through social media, but it's just, it's just, it's, it doesn't change anything. And I'll never understand it. I will never understand, you know, but then you see quite a few of, you know, the diehards, the, 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 the nation listeners that we interact with on a weekly daily basis. And, you know, it's thanks for the season. Great season boys. You know, let's, let's get them next year. They're not the ones participating in the McDavid's going to leave. This is, a, you know, no. these guys aren't leaving. Like, you know, I know that maybe it happened a little quicker for like Sidney Crosby and Malkin. I know, you know, maybe it happened a little bit quicker for Tavares or Taze and Kane, you know, but these guys are, these guys have signed long-term contracts. And I'm just glad that when they come out and they say, you look, the core is here. We yeah. just needed yeah. to learn a really hard lesson here. And that's how to lose um, before we can move forward in a positive manner. And, you know, yeah. So I'm amped now. Like that's the thing. I went through a minor grieving process. I let Twitter kind of weigh me down for an evening. I woke up, I listened to the press conferences, and then I started kind of reformulating kind of where my head is at. And I am excited. I am so excited. Yeah, for, for sure. It's even... also worth like looking at what we were given for a season, right? These people that are super upset. Like I just, I got personally got to watch one of the greatest seasons in modern hockey for an Edmonton Oilers captain in 2021, not 1994 or where 84, right? I'm not going to watch a season like that and be like, oh, I got shortchanged this year. Like there are plenty of amazing things that happened this year that are far more difficult to achieve than a first round win over the Jets that we saw the entire time. And people who come out the other end of this year feeling cheated or some shit. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's not the season I saw. I, I see both sides of it. Like, I get what you're saying. There were a lot of positives. Like, Darnell Nurse took a huge step forward. And Connor McDavid, McDavid 105 yeah. points in 54 games. What the fuck do you need but, to be entertained? Okay, but I also see the side of this team did so well in the regular season, and oh. they didn't give us one moment <sighs> in the class. We didn't get a sixth game. We didn't get drama or intensity. Well, if you played we triple swept. OT, to be triple OT, and then two other games went to at least OT, Technically, you played five games, but let's not split hairs here. Well, so, well, so in listening, in listening to the Spit and Chicklets guys, um, they were actually they were actually. Oh, were you Chalmers? Yeah, that's great. That's, that's you great. love Chalmers. plugging them on our pod. You love Spit and uh, listen, Chicklets. Chalmers is brought to you by Spit and Chicklets. If I say something, I don't want it to be construed as my own personal point oh, or a thought of mine, and. You don't actually think that the minute uh, this podcast is over, I just listen to it for eight hours straight. Every yes, day, you right? should. Like how I, little Wayne the, only listens to little Wayne. The best place that I get all my information from is an, a wide array of podcasts, but it just so happens they were watching the game while they were 
taping one of their podcasts. And they were enthralled by it. Like all Whitney and Whitney came out and was like, I'm an oiler. Once an oiler, always an oiler. I cheer for this team. I might get uh-huh. on the fans a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's like, my name is on that fucking dressing room. I want these guys to win. But the, the real point of it was he's like, in the first overtime, they're like wrapping up their thing. And he goes, I just hope, I just wish this game would go on for like another two hours so I could continue to watch this awesome hockey. And like, you know, after looking back that it did happen. But, you know, to hear all these different guys in the media and not just those guys, but – other people say that this was the most disappointing finish for a team. You know, it really hurts, man. That yeah. part hurts. And yeah, yeah, I don't think they did give us a moment in the playoffs. And I'm, and you know, if this is the same way for both teams, but I believe that like this series would have been completely different with fans. And that's just nothing we can do about it. There's They're a not wasting we can do about games it. on fan free games. Well, Winnipeg was in the same boat. They didn't have fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And they were. But when you have two games at home to start a series, yeah, that's a huge advantage, you know. And no, they I they need us, is what you're saying. I agree, is what I'm saying. Just those times, those times when, like, you know, those times when we're up four-one, and all of a sudden we kill a penalty, and the crowd is going crazy. Maybe that could help stop the rest Man. of the dominoes from falling. Well, whatever. That that is revisionist history as well. So I don't like to delve too far deep into that shit. But the fact is, is like, it is what it is. I what think, do we get? I, we got, I a, think we got a firework-filled one... season. We got all sorts of growth from all sorts of key people. We saw Connor put up historically good numbers. That, to me, is not a waste of a year. And then we watched them piss their pants in the always, playoffs. Yeah, you've always whatever. been an eternal optimist about the Oilers, and I do. Well, I, damn, man, I have to be. I'm the Oilers more. Nation guy. I know, I know. And, and, and like, I'm not... <laughs> like I, I don't I feel. feel, yeah, I don't feel the same way the next day after Game Four as I did the way I felt after Game Three, and after the second overtime, man, did that that game just ruined my family's next day because like oh, the boys <laughs> stayed up, my wife, my wife basically didn't sleep that night. She stayed up till the end of the game, got in bed, had to be up in like an hour and a, two hours. And she just couldn't fall asleep. And so, like, and then what happened, Chalmers? Uh, <laughs> and then man, what happened? The whole next, I and then what happened? I got yelled at for having the press conferences on too, too loud. Never mind. Yeah. Boring. No, it, yeah. So, I mean, I guess if that's a takeaway from the season, then I think it was a great season. Hopefully, they learned something. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully they're not all just talking out of the of the other side of their mouth when they're no. saying they're not they're not Chalmers they're not okay good I just I, I that's that's why I'm hopeful that is why I'm hopeful they're but not I truly believe it it. it it doesn't change the fact that we have like what four months to wait to see yeah. another hockey game that we yeah. care about it's right? a quick off season it's already it is but June. it's still gonna be yeah it's still like four months though like it's still gonna be long but at least no one's gonna win the cup on Edmonton Ice like, this year. I, yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just hope the Jets torch the Leafs. Me too. Are you going to watch games, or, or I traditionally do not watch, and this will continue this year. Oh, I watch. I watch. Do, do, do you guys? Do you guys ever like just like kind of adopt a team when the others? Never. Like, do you have a never? Team what you the look fuck? at? You're like. Uh, would it be a good story to see this? Like, I think the no. Florida Panthers might have been a team that I. Well, how about the Minnesota it? Wild? That's the story no. how it's happening right now. The fact that they're they forced a game seven against uh, well, Vegas, but, like that's David yeah. versus Goliath type shit right there. But there's 
there's no better story in the in the NHL right now than like well before they were eliminated than Spencer Knight playing in an yeah. NCAA championship, a World Junior Championship, and a Stanley Cup Finals game in the same year. Yeah, Finals or Stanley Cup playoffs. Game Stanley Cup. Don't they just call the the whole playoffs the Stanley Cup Finals? No, that no. is the final oh, that, series. Oh, that isn't every NBA, single baseball the, game the, the NBA, World Series. The NBA calls it the NBA Finals. They call the whole playoffs mm. the Finals. No, the NBA Finals. Yes, they, they do. Don't? Go look on the <gasps> go look on the court. It says NBA Scandal. Finals on the court. Uh, what do you sure. say, your M Chuck? What do you uh, say to no, that? No, the NBA calls it the NBA playoffs. <gasps> I don't know. I don't know. Where is it? Over your head. Wow. This I is, don't know. This is attack Trump gate all they, over again. So when Call you go, so when you go to the NBA's website, it says NBA playoffs at the top, and then in the middle, right by where the met all, everything meets, the middle of the bracket, that's where it says the NBA finals presented by YouTube. So they might be advertising that. The NBA Finals are presented by YouTube, but they are called the NBA Playoffs. Chalmers, your call on this, your move, yeah, rebuttal. <laughs> I mean, when I look at the when I look <laughs> at the court, the court in an, in an NBA playoff game, it says NBA has Finals handwritten underneath it with the trophy next to it. That's the emblem. That's my story. I'm okay. sticking to it. Uh, before we move on to our next topic here, got to give some love to Neo Financial, a better way to spend, save, and get rewarded. And how about this? They want to put some money in your pocket. Jay, can you explain the giveaway we're doing with them? Yeah, we just launched it yesterday on social, so check it out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Neo is giving away $200, so $200 towards a Neo savings account or Neo card. So if you win, that's what you get. So Neo stepping up, wants to reward the nation. Um, and we're going to be doing some contests throughout the summer with them. And, uh, yeah, no good partnership, local company, good people. Um, and we're pumped to be part of it. So, and they, they're really, uh, jumping on board and wanting to kind of really get involved with the community. So the fact they want to give away 200 bucks. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Get me out of a jam, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Get a couple (laughs) breaths of air. My jam's got jams. All right, we're going we're gonna to switch gears here. We've had this gentleman on in the past, Dusty Legrand from Mobilize. Really good stuff. Uh, I'll share some links to, to all the social and, and things like that and uh, their website as well. I'll post on our Twitter. They got a new shirt. We're going to talk about that and the story behind it in a second. But first, Dusty, welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, my man. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, let's start. Like, well, let's start. The conversation here is going to be about Ethan Bear, and it it sucks. We have to have this conversation because this stuff shouldn't be happening anymore, right? This shouldn't be happening in society. It shouldn't be happening in sports. And Ethan Bear has just been such a great story and such a positive role model for so many people. So involved in the community, and I feel that a guy is a good guy like Ethan Bear has to go through this after just getting through the playoffs. But can you speak a little bit to just how well he's handled it? Because it says so much about the kind of guy he is, that he's getting out in front of this and standing up the way he is. Yeah, I think it's it definitely shows character. It shows the person he is. But it's also reflective of who we are as Indigenous people as well. Um, we've We've been dealing with this. So I'm sure that this isn't the first time that Ethan has dealt with it coming up through sports, like you deal with this kind of stuff. I remember when I played, I played college basketball here in town and one weekend we went out to Red Deer and they just went hard at me. Like it was so racist. Like it was crazy. And I'm like, 
this is Alberta, like 2010. I'm like, this shouldn't be happening anymore. And and that's like 10 years ago. And now, you know, this happening on an a- NHL level is just uh, a reminder of where we're at. Um, for me, it's like, it's the, the lack of education, the lack yeah. of true knowledge of understanding what happened between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in contact through residential schools, through the treaties, the fact that they're not teaching proper education in schools to talk about that, I think really contributes to these types of things. Cause people, you know, people still have the misconceptions of, of many things when it comes to indigenous people. But when it comes to Ethan bear, like he's, he's a hero in our communities and um, to have somebody at his age, have that composure and that strength to be able to stand to something like that. And even in that statement, um, to be able to do that was really cool. Um, so yeah, it's just, just big respect to him. And, you know, as, as leaders and as like in his position, um, you know, we have, it's almost like we have to, it's almost like we have to step up and speak up, um, uh, because there's still a lot of people who from the indigenous community who aren't ready to do that work. So those of us that are ready, um, we kind of have to go hard and we kind of have to make sure that it's heard. Um, so that was, that was part of like, you know, seeing that I'm a few years older than Ethan. So like, to me, he's like one of my little cousins and that's the way I take it too. Is just being like, yo, you can't, you can't treat this guy like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like especially. And, and so that was going to be my comment was kind of the worst part about the whole thing is, even though it's happening to him, you guys all, everybody must feel a little bit hurt. It must take you back to 2010, right? Where you have to see it play out on a public stage and just feel for a guy who you know is a good character guy, doesn't deserve this. And it just, it shines a real, real brutal light on it all for, you know, you. Yeah. And it really kind of is reflective of like where, where our community's at, where, and, and the work that still needs to be done. Because obviously we still have those pockets of racism that exist um, specifically in Alberta. Uh, And I think that over time will change. And even the response, um, you know, to hear that, yeah, it kind of brings you back. But then also to see people rallying. Like I sent Jay a text yesterday just to be like, yo, thank you for sharing and, and talking about this. Because like from an Indigenous perspective, like it, it feels lonely. Like, it feels like you're the only voice stepping up to this. So to see allies, to see people that, you know, I do business or work with, uh, it's really, that's that's empowering too in those ways to know, like, okay, we'll be all right. Like, our community will we'll get over this. And even those people who acted that way will understand that this they're not the majority, you know? Like, they, they will understand their place. And with time... I think that's just what it's going to come to is like, they're going to ostracize themselves. They're going to put themselves in that little corner and they can, they can have their racist little corner, but they don't need to exist in the beauty of everything else. That I love the way you put that. And yeah, the, the way, like the way the Oilers rallied around him, I don't think you'd find a player on the roster who hasn't put out a, some sort of message in support of Ethan bear. I don't think you'll find a true fan of this team who hasn't put out a message in support of Ethan bear. I, this is, I don't know if I'm wording this right, but it, it sucks. This has to happen. But when you look at the support that's coming from this incident, is this maybe a step forward almost in the sense that it got people having an uncomfortable conversation in some ways? 
yeah, I, ha- I have the opinion that like that, that place of being uncomfortable is where the most growth mm. comes from. So a lot of us are learning a lot about our city, about each other in this. Um, it's also kind of showing us who, who the people are, like who we want to work with and moving forward, who we want to be partnered with. I think it's, it's really reflective of that. And even just to have, um, yeah, have the Oilers and have that statement be broadcast, like on the NHL page, on the Oilers page, like that's, that's huge. And that needs to happen because, you know, hockey is, is one of those worlds where there isn't yet too much diversity. So these types of things are happening, um, especially like in the minor leagues and lower levels. Like I have a lot of cousins that play hockey that have dealt with racism throughout the ranks or just not making teams due to the color of their skin and things like this. Um, So I think it's also like to have the biggest stage of hockey stepping up and saying like, this ain't okay with us is important for those things is important for like, you know, those coaches in the minor league or those players, those young players that see that and be like, okay, sweet. Like this league will stand by us um, and we'll have our back. For for those who might have missed our last interview, and I think it was almost a year ago now, time's flying. But uh, tell us a little bit about your work and with about Mobilize, kind of kind of what you are and what you guys stand for. So I have a, a streetwear brand called uh, Mobilize Waskawiwin, and Waskawiwin is the Cree word for movement. Um, and it's it's a little bit of everything. It, it it began as a page to just have an authentic voice to be able to speak two things like this to not have, I've done a lot of my work in the nonprofit sector. And when you work in those worlds, when grant funding or anything's involved, if you're loud and if you speak up, sometimes they want to quiet you or they're worried about their funding. So I, the intention with mobilize was to create something that could be authentic, that could speak to things like this, um, where nobody would have the ability to be like, yo, Dusty, you need to chill out a little bit Um, because I'm not going to <laughs> and like that's not going to stop and I do a lot more of that work like in the shadows as well as like holding other nonprofits in the city accountable um and just speaking it's it's one of my teachings that you know when you feel it in your gut when you feel that injustice like you got to speak up and so I do I listen to that and so for me it's it's streetwear is what I create is the primary product that I have um and it's intended to educate and to empower um, and to elevate Indigenous stories and histories um, and, and be a different stream for both Indigenous and non-Indigenous to learn about Indigenous history, to learn about the truth, to learn about who we really are as people. Um, and people like Ethan Bear are also doing that work on huge stages. Like that, Ethan Bear reminds me of so many of my cousins. Like he, this is who we are as Nehiao people. Um, and so... The, the whole intention with Mobilize was to do that. And the, the partnership with, with Oilers Nation was to create some product that would bring those two worlds together, that would help teach both my following and their following about Indigenous things as a, hockey and that blend. And the, like, there's so much, even in, even in the numbers that Ethan Bear wears, there's so much story involved. Um, seven and four are sacred numbers. And there's many different reasons for that. Um, the four directions, um, the star chart where our writing system comes from has seven different directions, the grandmother and grandfather directions. And there's different syllabics that go in each 
one of the directions has seven syllabics and one has four syllabics that go in it. And so it's intertwined into the culture. And so Ethan Bear is two indigenous people. He's way bigger than hockey. Um, even just to see somebody rocking those numbers. Like even my, I got to teach my little brother about that. Like he didn't know about seven and four. And so I was like, do you know why he wears that? And he's like, not really. And then, so I got to tell him about that. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Mobilize too, is present things that make people curious, that make people question, um, that sometimes make people uncomfortable um, so that dialogue can happen. And so that those stories can come through. Lastly, I'm going oh, yeah, to, well, I, and I, I, I've, I've now known Dusty now for just over a year. Um, and we've collaborated on some, some designs that have been amazing. Um, this just shows the kind of talent that Dusty is, but like, there's also like, like Dusty's, D Dusty's doing tremendous work, uh, and building a business as well with mobilize telling that story and kind of creating a lot of amazing North American attention to this. So to speak to the volumes and the level of work that you've achieved. It, it'll be a separate podcast or a conversation for another day, oh, yeah. but um, it's amazing to see, you know, uh, this is just over, you know, like a 13, 14 month relationship kind of where you were and where you are and where you're taking this story and the, and, and how you're building your platform. So like, you know, you're, you're putting Ethan bear on a, on a pedestal here and he's, he's doing great work. He's in hockey as a stage, but you also uh, need to know that you're doing the same thing and you're creating just a bigger platform through mobilize. And it's super cool to see hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to talk about the the shirt quickly that uh, you have up on your Instagram. I'm looking at it on your site right now uh, for the people listening, since this is a podcast Oilers orange shirt, and then an Oilers blue writing the words fuck racism. And it is blunt it catches your eye right away with that wording. Uh, take us through sort of the design, why you wanted to put this out and, and sort of what went into it. Well, it all like it began kind of hearing the stories of what was going on and just like kind of taking that back. It's it's so present that like I can't go grocery shopping without being followed around. And this is current. This is like if I go grocery shopping after this podcast, it'll happen to me. And so this is something that's going on. There's still these kind of like closet racists that exist in our community that just from, for, from my belief is that they just don't understand. They don't get it um, because anybody that, you know, has been able to be educated and learn the truth, they understand it. It doesn't exist that same way. And so with this shirt, I wanted to create something that, that spoke to this, um, that raised some awareness that, had the oiler color so that those same yeah. fan I put them in quotations fans because I don't I don't think those are true fans of the Oilers that act that 100%. way. Um, but I want them the shirts are kind of intended for them to see the most. Um, intended for them to look and be like, hey, that's an Oiler fan. What, that's just fuck racism. I have never put the word fuck on a shirt yet. Um, this is the very first time. Um, and I do streetwear and, and, and one thing about streetwear is streetwear has got to be political. It's got to be loud. It's got to speak. Um, and so for me, that was, it was simple as that. Like, this isn't just fuck racism on the Ethan bear situation. This is fuck racism on a systemic level. This is fuck racism on a local level. This is, this is also to hopefully spark some people to speak up when they see these injustices, just on a community level, when they see people being treated bad. Um, to know what they stand for. So 
this shirt was, you know, a lot of what I create is uh, very personal. Um, it was something that, you know, I felt. I'm like, yo, I want to carry this message. I would love to go over the game and wear this shirt and just be like, yo, you're either with us or you're not. Like, <laughs> like so that's that's kind of where it comes from. And, you know, even just doing that colorway kind of got me thinking, like, you know, there's a lot more colorways that could happen. There's still, there's still some, uh, you know, the Eskimos changing their name finally, but there's still some team names that the Indigenous community has been speaking up against for a long, long time, um, you know, that are mislabels, that are not representative of the people, um, that are taken from somebody else's that isn't from the community. And so that authenticity that needs to happen, I think it needs to be Indigenous people consulted in those types of things and at the table. And I think it's it's so cool to see uh, what Ethan Barron, just to even hear that statement, what he's planning to do, and that this isn't just stopping with a, a stand against it, that there is going to be more, that they're going to create some sort of platforms for people of color to be able to share these stories. Um, I grew up in the north side Edmonton, um, so I grew up with a lot of people of color and you know, it's not just the Indigenous people that face things like this. Um, so it's it's also a coming together and it's it's community creation. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't know how that shirt would be received, to be honest, but I didn't really care. <laughs> like, it was kind of <laughs> just like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this up like <laughs> this, is, this is just what it has to be. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of the intention behind it. But just to just to get that message and just to be very, like you said, be very blunt with it so that there is no question about it. Yeah. Like, yeah it if says, someone has a problem with this shirt, like that says <laughs> yeah. a lot right there. You can't really be against the statement. Fuck racism. Well, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of positive support. I, I got DM'd it so many times yesterday yeah. uh, with a mini. I got DM'd it because they're, they're, it's like, Jay, like, you got to share this. I, I was on a call and then I got off the call and I looked at my phone and I had like 11 um, Instagram DMs all wow. of the shirt <laughs> but that's a good thing oh yeah that's yeah. a great thing so i was like hell yeah we're sharing that uh yeah. and uh I, i'm i'm excited and, and hopefully it's it's performing well and, and doing what it's uh it needs to do because uh mm -hmm. it's it's important shit man yeah 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 and it, it has like you know that's the the power of community like i don't i don't know if i've ever had something shared as many times mm -hmm. on my platform yet as that shirt and so that also, you know, to me spoke to that. Cause you know, posting that just being like, maybe people won't like this. Maybe it's a little too harsh. Um, but just coming from that perspective of like, well, if I'm not going to put this out, who's going to make this shit? Like, yeah. you know, like that, that's where it comes from for me, especially with mobilized, um, just, just becoming that voice and, and thinking about, you know, the other young hockey players that may be dealing with this. I'm like, yo, this is for all of you guys to know that you like, I'm in your corner too. D Dusty, my question would be, maybe you could talk a little bit more about, you said, you mentioned the Eskimos changing their name and like what you feel about that and how the term affects you guys. Cause I, I'll admit like when I heard about it, right. I, I didn't think of Eskimo as like a derogatory term, right. My grandpa used to take me to Eskimos games, like the late eighties, everyone's chain smoking. Like it's a different era. Right. But like, as time went along, I didn't realize that it was taken like an offensive term. Like, could you speak to it a little bit more? Yeah. It, and, and that's the part about like the education. It's hard to find that knowledge unless you are connected to the community. So a lot of this came because even when I was younger, it was the same situation. Um, but 
but you know, growing up being more connected to more indigenous nations, a lot of the nations in the north, um, which that term is supposed to represent, do not accept that term. Uh, okay. It's not a term that they would use ever. Um, so it's it's kind of like an English term that was just given to them. Um, I can speak from the Nehiao perspective, which is Cree. Um, it's the same thing. And it comes from a lot of these things. I'll tell the story about where the word Cree comes from. A lot of these things come from ways that had no involvement of the indigenous people that are represented by this term. So for Cree people, it was when the Hudson Bay, most of the Cree people are in Western Canada. So on Hudson Bay, when contact was coming, there was, they were, they were boating over to the bay where the Cree people were. This was the first time that they were connecting. And, and Cree people uh, saw a new trading opportunity and were excited for this. And we're doing the calls that we do as, as Nehiao people. And from the boat, these were French people were saying la cri, la cri, la cri, the cries, the cries, because they had never heard people make these types of sounds before. So the word cri comes from la cri, meaning the cries in French. So the word mm. cri has no meaning in Nehiao culture. So it's a mislabel. So Nehiao is how we, um, as, as Nehiao people, would say it, which means our people. Um, and that just is representative of the Nehiao nation. Um, and even in, even in Nehiao, there's a few different dialects. So it, it's said a bit different in different people. But the word Cree is just a mislabel as well. So why would like River Cree be called River Cree then? Because over time, it's been adopted. Um, okay. a, lot of okay. these, a lot of these labels over time have been adopted and became representative as... And Eskimo wasn't one of those. No, it wasn't one of those. That's right. That's it was a given. Yeah, like it was a given. So when we were watching videos back in the day where they were referring to indigenous people as Eskimos, that was a, uh, you know, a, a, a word given to them, not like given to describe them. It wasn't that learned. Wasn't it was given. Yeah. yeah. I learned right. that today. Dusty. I was because I was thinking the exact same thing when you thought that I was thinking to myself, I had no prior education as to why that. It, you know, that was, that was taken as a derogatory term, you know, and why it needed to be changed. And, you know, that's the type of education where it's like, it's hard to get that, you know, like it's, it's hard for a guy like myself to, to find that out, you know? So I appreciate what you're doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really true. And that's why, you know, even with that shirt that, that I say, like, if I'm not going to say it, who's going to say it? Mm -hmm. Because well, I, and, and you know, there's going to be people that don't like it purely because there's a swear word on it. But you know, ultimately, that's what you're here to do. The man. message that's gets across. Here. Oh yeah, the message really... gets across, man. It does what it's supposed to do, and and I, I can see the apprehension, of, uh, apprehension, and putting it out. But you know, doing what it needs to do, just like Jr. said. I feel like the an issue like this highlights that there are people out there who are pieces of shit for sure, as there has always <laughs> been. But I feel like the response to it shows me that by and large people are good right mm -hmm. and i feel like being able to sit down here and have a chat shows people are good and i feel like ethan bear being indigenous but also being a bomb ass defenseman in the nhl in the long run the people look up to and they're like oh ethan bear is like great that does a lot for you know relations and having people that you can look up to and you know people who maybe don't know a lot of indigenous people ethan bear might be an introduction to a lot of culture that they didn't have exposure to in a positive way i think that's good in the long run for society a guy like ethan bear breaking through but also being such a good role model for everybody he does a lot and it 
Yeah, and if you're a true Oilers fan and you see a young defenseman make a mistake, which they all do on a oh regular basis, <laughs> yes. the last thing you should be thinking is, I want to do something to, to, to this person to, like, stop them from being yeah. a creative hockey player. Like, it's oh. just – it's so counterproductive that it's so short-sighted that they don't – that people don't see it. And, it, you know, it's what a lot of social media is, not even just – not even the racist parts. It's the it's – the, the crux of the whole thing. Well, it's be being honest. able to hide too, right? Like I'm, I, yeah. I'm not guaranteed, but I'm sure the kids running their mouths with racist stuff going at Ethan Bear, the grown men doing it too. Like that conversation probably might not happen if they're in the line to get his autograph, right? Like in again, like it's, it's again, it, it sucks that it had and, to happen. And, but. And, and maybe, maybe older Oilers fans, the ones that are willing to say stuff like this, aren't the ones that you're trying to get your message across to. It's the younger fans. It's the younger people. Yeah. It's, it's people growing up that you know, the, 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 the one thing I'll say about this generation is they want to learn. They want to know what's going mm-hmm. on. They want to be, you know, sometimes a little over to, to well, but the fact is, is they want to be educated. And yeah. so, you know, it, it has to start. It has to continue. It has to continue. I know it didn't just start right this minute, but this is a continuation of something that's just only going to better the future. Well, we're learning. Like, now I understand. Why is Eskimos a bad name? Because that wasn't a name (laughs) for Indigenous people. That was a name a bunch of idiots just made up. It's like calling a shoe (laughs) a foothorn. Like, what the fuck? Don't call it that. Okay, I get it. That totally makes sense. Whatever the Eskimos land on for a new name, which I guarantee you'll be quasi-whack, it it cannot be Eskimos (laughs) anymore. I get it. It makes sense to me now. Thank you, Dusty. And it's also like the, you know, using those types of names and then doing nothing for those communities. Yeah, that's fair too, right? That's a second thing. And then, you know, with Ethan Bear, um, it's important for people to know, like, the skin that we have as Indigenous people by this point, by all of the things that have happened, like, you you aren't going to tear us down. Like, it won't happen anymore. Like, you might have been able to do that in the last generation um, with residential school trauma being so close. Um, my my grandparents were in residential schools. Like, this is something that is just a few generations away. My generation are kind of the, like, you know, kind of the fuck it generation. Like, you know, fuck it. Like, we're going to flip this whole thing right now. We're not going to let you guys continue this way. Um, we're not going to let the community. And I have that same opinion when it comes to this new generation. Sometimes a bit more woke, but, like, their parents are these same racist people. But yeah. this this next generation won't be like that. They're learning too much. There's too much accessibility to information through sources like TikTok, social media, things like that, where they're naturally outside of education systems, outside of the structures that exist, they're learning. Um, even po- even like this, even this opportunity to come and speak on this podcast and be able to share a bit of knowledge is something that never existed before. Um, in my family, that was like mobilizes the first family business that we've ever had. And so, you know, being able to have those authentic voices comes with that as well, because there's been pushback, like a lot of a lot of Indigenous spaces um, are still not run by Indigenous people. So these are spaces that are getting money to run programming for Indigenous youth and different things and have non-Indigenous leadership, which doesn't create proper representation, doesn't create proper opportunities for these youth, because they just don't understand where they come from. And you can't really get it unless you're from it, um, unless you experience these things. Like That's why I like to share about like being followed around in Superstore and things like that, because like it doesn't happen to everybody. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen it 
you know, I've seen other indigenous people be like, yo, we're both getting followed. And it's so present to me that like, I know exactly when someone's following me. Sometimes I play games, I follow them back. Little things. I had to start doing click and collect because I was getting so mad every week being followed around, just being like, are you serious? Like, you guys know me. I even know your face. Like, like it, it was just, you know, and just to be where, where I'm at, you know, having a business, working for myself, just being like, yo, I'm still dealing with this bullshit. Um, I think it's, it's also part of, part of that and like even in a grocery store like if you're stealing groceries you need food like that's another systemic issue that's present you know um and so a lot of these things come down to just education and understanding how these systems work and how we as a community can just kind of flip flip it and do it better and that's you know through business um you have that opportunity to to do it the way that you envision and to you know, if you need to put a fuck racism shirt out, then you can put that out, you know, like, <laughs> uh, dusty man, you're an inspiration as always, and always an education getting to talk to you. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for hopping on here. Man. And next time you come on dusty, it'll be when Ethan bear does something wicked. You'll come back on and be like, Oh, yeah. guess what? Bitches five <laughs> points in game three. <laughs> yeah. That'll be next time we see you, man. All right. Thanks dusty. I'll make dusty. that prediction here for first that they're, they're taking the cup home next year. Everyone's coming back and they're taking oh! it. Home. That's, yeah, that's, 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 what I like. that's what oh, I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, man. All right. Cheers. Peace of love. Yes. There you go. That is, uh, that is Dustin. Damn. Oh, you got to keep God. a clip of that. If he's, he's right, that's he's, the first time I've heard yeah. someone say it. I, God, I love that guy. He's, so he's good. such a beauty. And uh, good, like, He's a great guy to talk to because, like, he's always smiling and he's always in a good mood. And even when you have these like deep conversations with him, he he's like funny. Like he's he's such a charismatic guy. It's so yeah, easy yeah. to talk to him. And yeah. he comes here. He gives us great perspective on what on Ethan Bear and what he's been going through. And he fucking teaches us a little bit as well, which is which is oh, awesome. I want to I want to just jump into one thing just to take it to another level here. Um, but Wanye, like it sometimes it, it's hard when when they decided they were going to change the name of the Eskimos. I had no idea why nobody was ever telling the real story behind why it was a problem in the papers or on the news or anything. It was just a story about them changing the name. Now it's hard for a guy like me to just find somebody to ask that question. To, exactly, okay? man. Exactly. And so Wanye, even when I swear to you three minutes before you said that question, I was trying and I have a platform here and I have an opportunity to ask and I still was having trouble deciding whether or not i wanted to ask the question oh really I, so i asked him for you dude almost to the t what i you. was gonna say and i was like buddy it was awesome and i was just like perfect okay yeah like like but so this is the other side of it this is the flip side of it right like guy like me wants to know the answer it's an uncomfortable question to ask it is and an uncomfortable question on a to platform ask. in the perfect position and i still didn't know if i wanted to ask it that's kind of my point and so like well, number one, I'm, I'm amazing <laughs> and I get a hundred points for being brave, yeah. but like, you know, Jay and I, for example, we work with lots of different ethnic groups, right? I mean, we're the oodle noodle guys, despite not being Asian, right? And that like throws people off, right? And then like, I work down in Mexico a lot with Mexican people, right? And we have a lot of Filipino people who work for oodle noodle and we would deal with, you know, the Filipino culture uh, and people like if you get antsy about asking questions like that's where you actually learn right like when he said being uncomfortable is where people learn like i personally could give one fuck i'll ask any question ever because i'm not racist right like i don't think like that right and the reason why i can roll in rural mexico with exclusively mexican people is there's like oh wanye the big goofy white guy yeah he's cool right and 
you know, the Eskimos name, I honestly didn't know. Like I, I, I sort of knew, but I didn't know that like, it'd be like if somebody called me a gringo down in Mexico, if there was a yeah. team called the gringos, I'd be like, well, come on, like, what are you doing? But like, the thing to remember is that like the vast majority of people are good. And when you watch the news and you watch people spazzing each other on social media and the name of being woke and all this shit, I have never come across really a bad person in my life. And I've been like in rural Vietnam where I was like the first white person they've seen in their lifetime and shit. Everyone's nice, man. And so like, if you ask a guy like Dusty, like, dude, like level with me here, why is this bad? And he tells you, I think that like, that's how you actually move forward is you just ask the question. People are good. Yeah. The backlash to this Ethan Bear bullshit shows you people are good. Ethan Bear being a role model and like doing very well in the NHL. Yes, maybe he fucked up a game four in 2021. He gives a shit. Overall, he's having an impact in the NHL. That does a lot for relations between our cultures. Yeah. And you're allowed to be mad that he made a mistake. Yeah, but I'm not because he's indigenous. I made a mistake. You're not yeah. allowed to be racist because of it. Yes, it's not, yes. It's no. not that fucking hard. Race had no bearing on him taking a penalty he shouldn't have taken. All right. Um, we are going to eventually switch gears here once again because it is Thursday and Thursday on the Real Life Podcast. We uh, we go around, well, the NHL, the sporting world, all that stuff with our friend Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. Before we do that, our friends at Twig and Berries have some great stuff going on. I mean, you could now, like we talked to Dusty. He's got a fantastic line of clothing. And again, I'm, uh, I'm going to go share those links on our Twitter and our Instagram here if you want to check it out, if you want to look at that fuck racism shirt. But is the Ethan Bear shirt stuff. still up for sale here, I'm Are we still selling that or is that done? Uh, Jay, is that still up on? Yep. Is that collab still up? Yeah, people can still get yeah, it. That's oh, a wicked got... shirt. If you want to get the oh, Ethan Bear shirt and help support Mobilize, that's a great way to do it. Yeah, yep. and we donate 10% to uh, the Alberta Indigenous Games as well. So we've got the Mobilize Bear shirt and Bear hoodie or, or Moskwa. Uh, yeah. And we've got uh, also just like an, an Oilers Nation mobilized collab hoodie as well. That gray one that we launched a while ago. Uh, the the reason I was I was getting onto the clothing angle as well was if you just from listening to this podcast, you could pretty much just wear things we mentioned on the podcast because Twig and Berries would have you covered in a handful of ways as well. And they they're busy right now because they got a new line of underwear out now. It is their very own Twig and Berries underwear, ninety five percent modal modal and five percent they got it they got it all the way up to 95 percent. yeah it's it's pretty impressive stuff and he said it couldn't be done we did it they They said said it 87 percent that's as high as it'll go we went nope we're going back in the lab bitch (laughs) uh get it on their website twigandberries.ca of course it's free shipping on orders over 75 dollars within canada and since you listen to this podcast and we love you and twigandberries loves you use that promo code nation 15 and you will go ahead and get 15% 15% off your order. So uh, there you go. Twig and berries, twig and berries, mobilized nation gear. You don't need to shop anywhere else. You could wear uh, Neo financial cards for pants. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in our friend Scott here from odd shark. Everything you need to make the sharper play. It's playoff time. The Oilers are out. If you want to have, you know, something to root for in these ones, just do what I do and gamble on the games you watch. Um, that's the fun stuff. Scott Hastings from odd shark. How's it going, man? Hey fellas. What's going on this week? Scott. Good, good. Um, I don't know why our Zoom is acting up, but your camera isn't on right now. By the oh, way, Scott, I, I have like... the worst Wi-Fi going on right now. It's <laughs> cutting in and out. It's driving me there crazy. There's our boy. 
There's Scott. Uh, Scott, NHL playoffs now firmly underway. We got teams going off to the second round now. Uh, your Toronto Maple Leafs looking to punch their ticket tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. I guess I'll just general takeaway. What surprised you so far about the Stanley Cup playoffs? And you're not allowed to say the Oilers getting swept. We talked yeah, about it. Don't enough. bother. <laughs> uh, can we move on then? No, no, no. That was, I, I am actually, I was stunned. I, you know, everything played out perfectly for us to get that plus money option. Uh, after game one, it was all looking up for us, but uh, Yeah. And, uh, another one that I guess didn't surprise me, but sort of surprised me was uh, Pittsburgh again, uh, dropping out early. That's uh, it, it's not really surprising. Just they've, they've sort of hit that wall. And I was sort of thinking about this last night that, um, you know, they won the back-to-back cups. I think it was 16, 17, you know, we're only three years, three and a half years removed from them. They, they, they sort of uh, ran the well dry a little bit there. Maybe, Maybe this is the end of the Pittsburgh dynasty, or do they have one more push in them? I think that's a really interesting uh, question that's going to go on in Pittsburgh. Everything else is pretty much going as is. Uh, Minnesota is very interesting Many. as well. I, I thought th- I thought their speed might be a little bit of an issue for Vegas, but I ultimately I thought Vegas and probably six, but we might might be stressful there for uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights there in seven. So it'll be interesting. Game seven goes Friday night. And as of right now, it is the lone game seven. Of course, Carolina could also be pushed to the brink by Nashville. And that's one that surprised me. Like Carolina was big time favorites coming into this series. And when they went up to nothing, I think it was like minus 1200 or something where like their odds to win the series. Now it, it's still minus 667. The books think they're going to win one of these next two, but even that one's tight. Um, when you look at the last sort of series prices available here, like, Really not much else, right? Like no one's betting. Um, if you wanted to bet on the Predators to come back, you might almost be better off just betting on them in game six than rolling over the money, betting on them again again in game seven. Yeah, always a risky play because then you could just be oh, double, you know, two units as opposed to one, depending yeah. on how it plays. I guess they'd be plus money options tonight. So you'd make plus money if you bet the same amount, uh, the you same single take that unit same block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That way you, you would, still come out with a profit based on tonight's results however i think they're toast tonight yeah. so uh maybe avoid that and take our, our hurricanes on the puck line uh, of course i would still i'd be i'd be a fool not to say that there's not value on montreal again i have to go back to toronto not winning a playoff series since 2004 uh maybe it's the reverse jinx here i'm trying to throw out here uh, i'm still not confident <laughs> although i heard a ridiculous stat when uh was that last game game four it would have been that it was the first time that uh, or toronto when they're up 2-1 in a series were 0-8 in that next game so they hadn't gone oh my up God. three oh, uh, isn't okay. that a ridiculous that's a brutal all stat. right they're breaking through they're breaking yeah, through so and so 8 like that's that is insane that's that you brutal. haven't had a a, a a 3-1 series lead in i don't know since uh black and white tv uh anything in from the perspective of over-unders that's like caught your eye so far in this in this playoffs like i don't think there's been any sort of like blankets blanket trend where like there's a lot of overs or a lot of unders but has there been any team that's been good on either side well the 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 toronto montreal series i think has hit under in every game it might be one maybe yeah Yeah. one all but game two i think yeah, and I, I was all over it in game one. That was a pick on the, the pod last week, and uh, I kept rolling that one over. I, I just thought that uh, 
Uh, I just didn't think Montreal had the fa- firepower to hang with Toronto. But if they were going to win, it was going to be a, 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 a hard fought, like 2-1 type type game. So I, I like the under in that series, and I like that to, to continue tonight. Uh, let's uh, dig into what else we got going on here tonight. Uh, what do you, you mentioned the under there. You like, you said Carolina puck line. Is that one of your plays? Yeah, I, I like it, it, Yeah. Of course, if you don't want to touch the puck line, just Carolina outright. I think they're only minus minus one forty. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty good value for that play, but, uh, I, I'm going all in. I, I think they, I think they bury the Preds tonight, uh, and, and hit that puck line. Uh, and I, I like, I do like Toronto to, to, to go on, to move on, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, I'm very hesitant in doing that. Uh, another one you could play for that one is uh, the over shot total for Austin Matthews. He's been yeah. just, he's been six, seven shots a game. And I think uh, I saw one book that it was at three and a half. It was priced up to minus 200. So it's a little juicy, but I mean, he's just, he's just firing the puck from all over and with no Taveras and whatnot. Uh, why not? I've been just killing it on the shot prop so far in the playoffs. Like there's been four nights now out of, I think I've only done it six times, but I, I picked four or five and I do a round Robin parlay on them. And I've been crushing like five out of five on a lot of the nights. It's been great. Uh, so one tonight, Matthew's over three and a half is minus two twenty two. parlay that with Dougie Hamilton in Carolina. Who's also minus two twenty two to go over two and a half shots, but he's had at least six in his last four games. He's been crushing that. So if you parlay those two, it's plus 110. I like there that play go. right there. Yeah, uh, there you go. Any baseball plays tonight? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a few. I've been – some places, some books haven't had this line up, but if you can get on Washington in game two against the Reds because last night was suspended, uh, I like that one. Uh, Alex Manoa getting his yes. first start for the Blue Jays here. Let's go. Uh, I, 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 I'm not – bullish on him winning outright but i like them to keep it close at plus one and a half you can get that about minus 140 and uh, i'm gonna go with the white Sox uh run line as well against baltimore uh dylan cc on the hill so those are my three for tonight uh, i had uh i had the mets earlier and i also have the mets under five and a half right now so that's a any base runner is a major sweat over here yeah, no kidding. No kidding. A seven run game there or a seven inning game there. Uh, Scott, also, before we let you go, you've been doing this now. Like it's been definitely over a year, but you're moving on up in the world. So no more podcasts for you. This is your last hit, man. We're going to miss you. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll miss you, fellas. But where are you uh, going? What are you doing? Still, still with the company, just uh, moving up to a content strategist role where I'm going to be looking after some of our expanding properties across the globe. So learning a little bit about cricket and more about soccer. So it's uh, lots of fun, but uh, my time at Odd Shark is, uh, is passed me over. Who are we going to do NFL pick them with now? Who is going to be here to uh, fade Chalmers and ridicule us and have a 67% <laughs> win percentage? Uh, it's been a ton of fun though, man. It's been a blast getting to have you on these podcasts and uh, we're going to miss you. Hopefully we can do something down the road. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Good luck Best. guys. And uh, hit me up anytime. Best Absolutely. of luck. Buddy. See you Scotty. Thanks, Scott. Congrats, buddy. See ya. Thanks. There you go. That is Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. Ah, that was sad. That was sad. I know. I thought it was going to be. I know. I didn't know. I didn't know that was the last hit. I didn't even know. We have some good time during football season. We talked uh, about some random shit with him. That's what I liked about Scott is we could bring him into the mix. uh, If we had like a hot topic when he would join on and we would just continue and have him have him provide his input. Uh, I really felt he was part of the team. 
break a tie yeah. break a tie on an argument i really liked what he did that yeah, <laughs> yeah you would actually it was a swing Always enjoyed it with Scott from uh, from oddtrack.com. Uh, before we wrap up the pod here, another plug we got to give is to our friends at Manscaped. It's getting warm out, so you need to, you know, shed your winter coat, I think is maybe a nice way to put it. Uh, they got the lawnmower 4.0 out. Uh, promo code is real life. It gets you 20% and free shipping. You've heard me talk about this stuff a hundred times now. And if you go and you get one of their big packages, big package, winks into the camera, the perfect package 3.0 it's $130 it's already $100 off and with our promo code you get another 20% off on top of that it gets you a pair of their boxers it gets you some cream some lotion some ball deodorant and of course the lawnmower so uh, great stuff from our friends at manscaped.com uh, but yeah I've been killing it with my shot props on uh, in NHL hockey there's if you do your research it's one of those bets where if you put in the time there, there's money to be made on betting on player shot props, especially because it's not regulation only. So with the amount of games going into overtime, oh, players yeah. are getting shots on it in overtime as well. It's been a ton of fun. Ah. So, so you're doing, you're making back the, the nut that you lost on the oil. Oh, fuck. Here's the <laughs> other thing too. Like I had so much money on Ryan Nugent Hopkins over three and a half points in that series. And he ended, he ended the series with, uh, with two, like, he was close. Like if that game, we could have gotten one more game out of it. I'm like, oh, he probably could have racked up a couple more points. Did Fuck. you do the Connor bet? Oh yeah, yeah, over ten and a half. Yeah. Oh wow. And I had Drysaddle over three and a half goals as well, and he potted two in that. Like game three, that's part of why it was so heartbreaking too. Like Drysaddle pucks two. I'm like, series is two one. We got two more games. All Leon has to do is pot a couple more. New just getting a couple points away. Like. Ooh, my bets are looking good. And then, yeah, just fell the shit. But um, this is going to be, and this is probably where I'm going to be taking Monday's show. So this is the heads up. Frank Saravalli is calling this the biggest and most important offseason in Oilers franchise history. Which I don't disagree. Intense. I it's don't intense, disagree. This, I, I hate the whole, like, Connor's going to want out, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he does but he doesn't, but the bottom line is like him and it, we have four more years with both him and dry saddle under contract five more for Connor. You need to make some hay this off season, 20 plus million dollars to spend. You got some assets to move around. The nucleus nucleus of this team is set. You better make some hay here. You better start. Like you got to become a contender. This is the step. This off season is the step into the Stanley cup window. And if you miss that step, you can fall down a hole. You yep. get to find out what kind of owner we have. Well, so, do, we have an, do we have an owner that wants to spend the money and win? Oh, he'll spend. Yeah, he'll we've spend. been spending to the cap. For, like Embarrassingly, we've been spending to the cap. So now that we've got some of these contracts falling off, like, is this a summer? Like, is there is there going to be as much as I hate buyouts, like buying out Neil, buying out Koskinen? Neil's gone. Oh, yeah. Neil's getting... Neil's either getting bought out or he's getting heavily retained and traded. I would bet, and again, I, I was wrong on my bets, but I have this pretty much figured out or known. Neil's not an Oiler next year. Oh, he's yeah, done. That's, yeah, he's it's, he's done. He's bought out or like how how can you trade him? So the interesting thing that you could do is you could take oh, James God. Neal and you could retain two million dollars. So you would still be saving the 3.8 in the next two seasons. You have to attach a draft pick to it. It would be a second or a third. And then you trade him to a team and that team buys him out. Okay. So then the Oilers have a bit of a cap penalty because they kept money 
but the other team bought him out, but the other team gets to buy him out at whatever they got him at. So they'd be buying him out at like 3.75 mil. And at that point, it's not a lot of money on their books or the Oilers books going forward. And it just squashes the buyout penalty even lower. You're you're asking a team, like, isn't the price like, was it so, Marlowe's contract like three and a half or three seven five? Marlowe's contract one year left on it, and they had to give up a first round pick. Just so Marlowe's contract was six million dollars. Was what? Sorry, six mil, and the Leafs didn't keep any of it. So I'm saying if the oh, Oilers okay. were to keep some of Neil, they might be able to make that work. Also, the other thing to remember is Edmonton is in a great spot financially with cap flexibility. Edmonton is in a great spot in the expansion draft as well. Yes, like what at all what they're looking at losing isn't that big really. Cause I don't think cleft bomb's going to get taken by Seattle. I don't think they're interested in that. So what they're looking at losing, isn't that great. And they have wiggle room up front in the sense that they could bring in a forward or two and pretty comfortably re- protect them. So Edmonton's in a spot to like really weaponize that. And that's what Ken Holland needs to do. And that's why I'm nervous about this off season. Cause I don't know if he's the type of GM who will go do this, but you need to go to like, the Islanders or the lightning, one of these teams with like good depth forwards and be like, listen, you're going to lose one of them in expansion, trade them to us. We'll give you fucking something for them. Like the Islanders, I think are a team to watch and, and Tampa as well. Tampa's got to make some moves because they're in all sorts of hell. But anyways, um, that's going to, that, we'll, we'll get into the off season shit next week on the pod. We need Oscar Clefbaum to miss the entire regular season and come back for playoffs. So yeah. Next that could week happen. Of the podcast I'm going to take off. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're already <laughs> doing hockey. You don't want a hockey podcast, so you're going to talk hockey for a little bit. You don't want to talk about are. making a better Oilers team? Oh, yeah. Not a week after they fucking get eliminated. Let's talk about that after the cup final. Mm, if we want to talk about something, yeah. let's talk about the ways to make our money back for the rest of the playoffs because yeah. I am in. Like I said, my jams got jams. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports book. And we can talk about, let's talk about Bryson and Brooksy. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, we might get, we can get into that Monday. There's a beef everybody didn't know they need, am I right? Yeah, that's some really good it. shit. And it's public. Yeah. It's nasty. Uh, the, golf, it's good. the golf world is just a hilarious world right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting uh, better, right? How good is this about, for golf? Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about this summer. It's going to be. Open for business if everything goes proper. God, People get their vaccines. Keep doing it. Keep, Keep doing getting it. Your jabs. Keep getting your jabs, and we'll get more press conferences like we got yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, no, I think you know what? It's it's sad that we didn't get to see some some elongated Oilers playoffs, but let's uh, yeah, we'll talk about some off season stuff. That should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. (laughs) Episode 285 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by HGA Group. They are tagged in our tweets. They are tagged in our Instagram stories. So when you see a new episode, hit that little button, give them a follow, show some love. Also show some love to our friend Dusty and Mobilize. Uh, There'll be links on our socials to all of Dusty's stuff as well. So make sure you give him a follow and check out that, uh, that really unique fuck racism shirt. And we thank Dusty for his time today. We thank Scott Hastings for his time and all the time he gave us over the last year and a bit on the podcast this has been episode 285 of the real life podcast great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from 
The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.